Welcome to Beskar Boys, Austin's premier Mandalorian podcast. I'm Bob. And I'm Jarrett. This week, we watched Chapter 12, The Siege. Just a note, we will be talking about everything up to and including Chapter 12. Any guess in terms of future plot points are just that, guesses. First up, Jarrett, on a scale of 1 to 10 electric blue macaroons, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> oh, man, this one was, I think, a 10. I think it was pretty great. It had it had a lot. It had a nice like little kind of twist, I guess, to it, to what you thought the story was going to be and uh, had some really cool references to some past Star Wars stuff. So I was pretty on board with this one compared to the last episode. I know that we were pretty jazzed about the last episode. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think better still. I think because this one, like last week's was really good. With all, with how cool the you know getting all the Mandalorian stuff, but I think this one like I, I I wasn't expecting it to move the story forward in the way that it did, and so I think that just kind of like subversion of my expectations mm-hmm. for it was pretty exciting to get to see. All right, and so first before we get into everything else, well, let's get to the bottom of, of our predictions from last episode. Baby Yoda did, did, did eat something. He sure did, and he used his powers in a very cute <laughs> way. That whole scene was really cute, like <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. at school, just not just. Getting to be little baby Yoda learning and everything and got some fun yeah. little snacks at the same time. That that whole scene was pretty fun. Yeah. Who's going to take care of baby Yoda? I guess the Yeah, I guess so. The droid. Because if nobody else knew that like yeah. that's where he was, I guess it was a pretty safe spot for him to be. But yeah, I guess the kid, the droid is kind of the caretaker and teacher yeah. all at once. Yeah, exactly. And so it's pretty also before we get into more, it was kind of interesting during that scene where you started to where they started to probably drop a bunch of little Easter eggs that all the Star Wars fans, like true fans, are probably really interested in their dropping, you know, like talking about different quadrants, you know, like the mm-hmm. uh, quadrants of space, the different trading lanes, you know, they right. talk about the Kessel run, right? Yes. No, there's the Corellian run. And then there's also the Kessel, but it's so there's a bunch of cool things kind of going through there what else did they talk about th- that you caught in that scene i honestly don't know if i caught that many things in that scene not really you weren't paying attention did you pay i guess attention not i guess not no I, oh pay, in school no no <laughs> but uh but no i i really didn't catch anything much in that one it was more the, stu- the stuff that i really got super well there was like one in the middle or that I really caught on. And then at the very end, there was a, a big, a big kind of like tie in Easter egg that those are the big things that I caught and was excited about really. Well, let's get into that at the end. First, let's go over the cameos. Our, our buddies, uh, Cara Dune and Cargar back. They are back. Yep. Uh, Horatio Sands was back as Mithral, which is interesting because he was the first bounty that you saw in the beginning of season one. And turns out it was Carl Weathers own accountant. <laughs> trying to get back that was a pretty a pretty funny little tie-in and also just kind of a fun thing to see him back again like he's a yeah. pretty funny character <laughs> i really enjoyed him again and then there's dr pershing from the first which uh from the first season he was the doctor that was that was with werner herzog and moff gideon of course comes back at the end he, he comes he kind of just comes back at the end of these episodes looking all menacing now he yeah exactly and now he looks like he's getting like darth vader armor did you notice that? It's, yeah, his armor is getting like pretty yeah. intense. It's all like it's super cool. It's a it's a incredibly cool armor suit. But yeah, it's it's getting pretty Vader esque. And then Paul Young Lee came back as Captain Carson Teva, who is like detective of the Outer Rim or something like that. Yeah. I, I like how it's like him and Dave Filoni. They're like the only ones <laughs> yeah. in, in this area. And they're just happen to be just there all the time, ready to take on and clean up after Mando's shenanigans. But I was, again, I was pretty happy to see him again. And so 
let's get into the episode. So basically, Mando flies into the Navarro to get the Razor Crest fixed uh, because they were kind of um, they were pretty janky. And while there, his mm-hmm. old buddies Cara Dune and Carl Weathers are there to fix Mando's ship and ask him for help to clear out a nearby Imperial base. They do so, but also find out a little of what the Imperials want the child for. Not to sell merchandise, but to help create force powerful clones <laughs> in a nutshell. So this seems to really be setting up the main conflict for the rest of the season. Do you think, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely seems that Moff Gideon is trying to create either some like super force sensitive uh, army for himself. I would imagine his end goal would be able to make himself also be force sensitive. I think like that's just would be kind of his end all be all plan. But uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting. And I'm wondering now, is this storyline, are they going to try to tie it in at all with the Rise of Skywalker with, you know, Palpatine's cloning and things that have been going on in his experiments and potentially maybe even explain Snoke a little bit? I don't know. Oh. But I was kind of like, I was kind of it because like that one figure, you couldn't see very well into the cloning no. tanks, but still it looked like whatever was in there didn't look like it should should be right. you know, kind of look like it was a failed experiment kind of thing. And so I wonder if it will kind of delve it. That was kind of my big question after this episode ended was, is this going to kind of try to bridge that gap or is it just Gideon acting on his own on doing his own thing? Oh, shoot, man. Like, so how long after, so this is five years after Endor, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes, the, the whole, the, that last tr- trilogy um, the Force Awakens. When does that happen? That one, I think, is another. I was just seeing something about this today. I think it's supposed to be like another twenty-five years in the future. Okay, so it's still within reasonable distance. Like if uh, there's a snow clone, so they're taking like actual Imperial stormtrooper volunteers or something, quote unquote. Yeah, doing something. I'm not sure where they're getting the the. Uh... Yeah, the 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 test subjects really, but I would imagine it's probably either like people they capture or stormtroopers who volunteer in air <laughs> yeah, quotes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you catch though uh, when doc, when they were watching Doctor Pershing's recording that he referred to the M count? Oh, so the, that like the yeah yeah I bet George yeah, Lucas has uh, got some goosebumps somewhere. Midichlorians, <laughs> he's just like oh yes oh yes. I heard that and I was like, ah, they're bringing, they're keeping yeah. that, huh? Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess might as well. What's the big, what's the big uh, difference? At least they're not trying to create like a whole microscopic uh, saga like George Lucas wanted to do with the last his version of the last three movies, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I thought that was a pretty fun little nod. What else did you see? So my big one that I think I was very, um, oh, oh, I did catch another. I was looking back at my notes. I did see something in the. Um, in the classroom scene that I forgot. One of the schoolgirls had Ray's hairstyle. Oh, really? The like triple bun. On oh, the back. I saw no that. Way. I was like, oh, hey. Oh. Yeah. So I thought <laughs> that was a fun little nod. Um, the big one though, that I, that I really got excited about and why this, if this turns out to be true, why this episode will rank so high for me is because in that final shot, when Gideon is on his ship and it zooms out revealing, he's in some kind of like barracks with all these, mysterious troopers there like all lined up in along the walls and everything that and i even went and i was like i hope if i'm i hope i'm not crazy here i went and found another review to see if this person also had the same thought and they did so i feel like i'm on pretty good track here that those are going to be uh the dark troopers from the that were brought in in the old star wars video game dark forces that came out in like the early 90s 
And so it's a first person shooter game. It was actually the very first first person shooter I ever played. And I love that game. And so I saw those, I saw them in the, on the side and I was like, are those dark troopers? Are they bringing dark troopers into current canon? And so if that turns out to be true, I'm going to be very, very, very excited. But so the prospect of it, at least potentially being them, I'm pretty jazzed about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your, your wife might be a little bit embarrassed as you're crying like during the Mandalorian <laughs> or something. Not understanding what's going on. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. You don't understand because, yeah. the, oh man, that game was so good. And I, it, and fighting the dark troopers was a really hard thing to do in that game. And so they're just mm-hmm. basically just, I want to say they're mechanical in yeah, that They don't game. seem like they're living because I don't know what guys are just going to stand in a closet for a long time. Yeah, so they they seem to be mechanical, and so yeah, I wondered if that's what Gideons are here, or if they're more like, I don't know, mindless at this point too, mm-hmm. just like brainwashed killing machines. So, but still, that was pretty unex, very very unexpected. Huh. Yeah, like say. what are they going to do? Just like flush them full of like baby Yoda blood, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're magical. They're like magic it must troopers. Be like some kind of like yeah, either trying to bring back like some kind of like Sith Force or yeah, or just some anti. Or just all powerful because I guess the Jedi at this point are pretty much extinct aside from Ahsoka, uh, Luke, and Leia and stuff like that. So it's if you can build up a, an army of force wielders, then you're going to be pretty powerful. So I bet mm-hmm. that must be kind of his his end goal. Yep. Yeah, I think definitely. So that was definitely a, a it, you know, for the first half of the for the episode, I was a little worried. Like I was just like, oh, this is fine. Like they're but they're kind of doing all the like, oh, look how good we are now type of shtick with like Kara and grief, which is fine. Like, you know, they're yeah. they're good guys now. But then I was like, where are they going going through this? And it definitely sped up once they got to the base and right. you know got into all the action. Horatio Sands was definitely the, a good comic relief throughout the whole thing as his speeder got destroyed and he just generally <laughs> didn't want to be there. <laughs> you know, I, w- I did think it was really interesting that he had a humidity vest yeah. there, which was a ki- nice little kind of tidbit Easter egg, you know, kind of building out the world. Um, and so they... And then there's all those speeder bikes and all that kind of stuff and then the big transport. So... Right now, Moff Gideon has the transponder or something on Mando's ship because one yeah, of- he has that he has that like secret agent who's like helping him out, spying on him and, and everything mm-hmm. like that, and kind of seems to be following Mando. So I'm wondering who if we'll get any reveal into who that can or is it just like a nameless? Because at first, like be. yeah, I tried to watch this with my kids the first time and they were kind of all over the place. I could, I didn't catch it at first. At first, I thought it was like Horatio Sands was uh, double crossing, but it wasn't. It was that mm. one. Uh, alien that you with the red face that you saw in the beginning kind of look back they kind of foreshadow oh. like you know he's like oh he looks back and as he's like Boop, you know that's right that's right that's right okay i've missed that all the, i forgot about that yeah and so is this whole thing was this whole thing kind of moff gideon just sacrificing all these people to to just get this transponder on the on the razor crest oh uh. I don't know because that kind of seems like a big deal to lose this base, especially if it, if they are still trying to undergo the tests mm-hmm. and being able to. I, I don't. I feel like he kind of wasn't expecting it to happen this way. Maybe he. Yeah, I don't know. I would be kind of surprised if he would be willing to sacrifice that. But I mean, I guess I guess though you could be right though because Gideon obviously he crash landed still on Navarro when for Mando to think he was dead still, mm-hmm. and so he could have been either there on Navarro. Or, I mean, he was seemed to be nearby. 
So I would wonder if he did kind of know that like, Hey, if they ever catch wind that I'm still alive or I keep an Imperial presence, they're going to want to come after me eventually. This is how I can lure Mando back in. So yeah, you might actually be onto something there. That could be, maybe that could be kind of how that goes. Yeah. But you kind of talked about two big things that happened right there that they found out one kind of what they wanted the child for which is mm-hmm. his uh, force blood. And also, too, Moff Gideon was not dead. He's still alive. So it definitely got them a little worried there. Uh, yeah, for, for sure. For there. And then anything else happened that we that you wanted to talk about? I guess there's uh, Captain Teva, you know, pulsing on Lee, kind of trying to talk to Cara Dune about coming back, and be, mm-hmm. be like sure for the New Republic or something as well. Which is, you know, So it's interesting because I know in the first Star Wars, you know, Princess Leia is from Alderaan, you know, the Organa family. But in there, she's talking about how her whole family is a bunch of pacifists, like the whole plant's pa- uh, like a pacifist planet. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have weapons or whatever. So do we assume that Cara Dune was also like a pacifist as well? But then when everything got destroyed like that, that's when she picked up a gun you know that's a i would i would imagine that's a pretty good that's a pretty good origin story i mean if anything was going to make you want to like get fired up yeah. and you know get a tattoo and tattoo. right i i think it would be seeing your home planet destroyed by a super weapon so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although i do i've seen it a couple other places too and i do have to chuckle it's uh, how kind of weird of a question it is for him to ask you like did you lose somebody and it's like it's like i mean yeah, yeah, probably. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the whole planet um, blew up. Like, <laughs> good chance you probably lost somebody you knew, right? In, in that case, um, let me see. I think the only thing, the only other things that I was big that I big noticed on this one was uh, I love that we're getting a lot of speeder bike action in this show, yeah. and I really appreciate that. Like, and I love too that it showed that good old that same shot from Return of the Jedi, the close up on the like the boot hitting the accelerator pedal. Like I loved seeing that little nod too. Uh, I thought that whole chase sequence in the Canyon was pretty cool. Once they got rid of the, the speeder bikes and the tie fighters came in, I thought that was all pretty great. The, I think the one thing though, and again, kind of other than the reveal at the end, the thing that made me really love this episode is how it kind of almost felt like it was going to be another filler episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's that's like, true. Hey, I, I we've got this, We've got this random side quest, you know, kind of thing. We need you to help us to get rid of this Imperial base. But then in that, it then someone's like, oh, nope, this is actually a very big reveal and really pushes this the plot of the story forward. So I liked how the episode kind of like pl- twisted you there and threw mm-hmm. you a little twist it, where you were just like, oh, this isn't what I thought this episode was going to be at all. So it, <laughs> I think that was pretty fun, too, to be to be like, oh, we got some serious knowledge on what Gideon's going for. We know now why they wanted Baby Yoda. So it's, you know, it definitely sets up a little bit more where this end game for the season is going. So I got a surprise for you, Jarrett. We have Ooh. a question that was submitted oh boy. from our good friend Mike D. So we're at the halfway point of season two. The The general question is, are you happy with the way the story is being built? And some of the, uh, some of the stuff he wrote about is about this question is uh, while the story is, is slow building, there have been four episodes that have been really focused on four separate stories, the Boba Fett tease, big spiders, Bo-Katan, and now Gideon Cloner shenanigans. Is it too scattered or do you like the story spreading out and creating more possibilities for future seasons? I think I'm really, I'm really enjoying how this is going. I think because this show, what I feel like it's really doing is giving us more 
chances to just expand on the lore of star Wars. And I feel like that's, what's been really cool about this season, especially it's scattered, but we're getting lots of really cool touches of the universe. We're getting mm-hmm. all these different planets that we haven't seen before. We finally got to see a crate dragon on screen. we got to see the giant spiders in live action as terribly horrifying. They were, uh, and now this time, you know, uh, we're, Oh, I kind of lost my thought train of thought where I was going with that, but it's still, it's just building on this week by week and giving us these new looks and feel and, in insights into the star Wars universe. So I'm really loving how it's going. Um, I think that it's telling the story well and crafting it in a way where it's, you kind of have an idea where it's going, but it does kind of throw new twists in there like this episode did. So yeah, I think it's not really feeling scattered at all. I think it's, it's giving you a taste of the greater feel especially these outer rim worlds while still giving a pretty directed story i feel like so do you think it's enough like that's going to kind of keep more casual fans along for the ride or is it is it kind of kind of delving too much into lore um i think it's 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 balancing on the line very well i think it's giving the people who really are you know the the diehard star or hardcore star wars fans like who really love digging into the the backgrounds and everything i think it's really giving a lot of good bits for them to be and like like me and with all these little references and things that i keep seeing and i'm like oh man this is really cool to see but then i also think that the main storyline especially if you've been watching since season one you kind of are able to pick up on things i think yes you, it also, I think, is doing a really good job of introducing these characters like Bo-Katan and mentioning Ahsoka Tano that it's going to prompt people to then be like, who's that? If, or if they're not as familiar, go research Ahsoka and be like, oh, I can watch this seven episode TV, seven season you know, TV show where I get to see her growth and development as a character. Oh, I'll be introduced to Bo-Katan in this too. I get, there's so much more I can go to to get back more background on these characters i think it just kind of opens the door really well for people who are curious for more do you think uh baby yoda is the biggest thing that kind of kind of keeps the more casual viewer along for the ride i think so because he is such a great like comedic relief just kind of like a fun a fun side character but then at the same time he's like the 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 core of it really. And the mystery of what we're looking for i i gotta say i did love his the scene where they're trying to fix the ship and he's in the little corridor, <laughs> right. and, and Mando's like, "No, it's the blue one. They can't touch the the red, and the blue one can't touch." I just I thought that scene was really fun. I I was gonna say I'm pretty impressed, really, how well the like the animation and like the robotics of the Baby Yoda puppet are so good. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks the facial animations, the the smoothness of its motion, like it all looks really really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As a, as a father, I definitely. I identified with what Mando was going through. It's like, just no, the red, no, the blue. Like, it's so simple. Why aren't yeah. you getting this? Yes, come on, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and then it doesn't work. Um, I'm surprised that the Razor Crest even made it anywhere, honestly. That does, that did not seem space worthy at all from yeah, Trask. But now, I will say, I think that was, that was, sorry. Uh, but I will say that I think that was the only thing I was like, wow, that. That was kind of convenient. Was how quick the Razor Crest was back in fighting shape. Like that was like what <laughs> yeah. the same day or <laughs> a day later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like sort of like your grief. You're talking about how like no one can keep track of the outer rim, but everything's like in the same system. It seems like so. I think yeah. it's pretty easy. Though I know it's not. You know, whatever. We, we like Star Wars doesn't uh, 
exist in a universe where we're actually like calculating like light years and stuff like that. We're not yeah. doing hard science here at all. No, no, no. Anything else that that you want to talk about this episode before we call this an episode? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think that was pretty much the main points I wanted to hit on. And so I guess, you know what? Yoda, baby Yoda is probably going to eat next episode, right? He's basically eating something in every episode. I like again, how this time he, he, it kind of came back on him because he threw it up because he ate yeah, too much. Right. <laughs> and then Mando, actually we saw like Pedro Pascal's uh, chin. Yeah, that's right. He was taking little sips. He was kind of, you know, he's getting a little bit used to it. He's, you know, it's okay. He can see a chin once in a while. Yeah, it's it's all right. These other Mandalorians are taking off their helmets. And they're not like spontaneously <laughs> combusting, so it's okay. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's it's okay to get a haircut once. Does so? Does that mean he cuts his own hair? He has to. I guess so. Yeah, because he was even nervous about. He didn't want IG Eleven to see his head, his yeah. face. So. I guess, yeah, he wouldn't even have like a droid to do that. So, yeah, no. he probably does. Well, that's interesting. We got to the bottom of something here today <laughs> on, the, on this episode of Best Something Star else Boys. we learned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you think that, um, well, let's not, let's not guess what's going to happen next episode, but do you think Mando's going to eat something next episode? Do you think we're going to see more of his face? Hmm. We got a got chin, a chin yeah. today, this week. Uh, I could see another, t- another chin tease. I could see that happening. Yep. And just see it quivering. He's really yeah. like working his chin <laughs> muscles, you know, as he's acting. Yep. I think, I think we might see a, che- a tease <laughs> of a chin, but I, I still think there's the possibility he'll take the helmet off it again, at least once this season. And maybe after probably like maybe at yeah. the end of the season, he's like kind of on with Bo-Katan where he's like, oh, I'll take it off whenever I feel like it. So, you know, yeah, because now we're getting to the last four uh, episodes mm-hmm. of season two. Uh, previously, the last in last season, the last three episodes were basically one big plot point that at the end of the season. So we have to be getting to the, to that main point where we're going to see various forces all connect and fight, right? You got, got Mando, you got Bo-Katan. So like three different parties, you know, Bo-Katan's also going for Moff Gideon and Moff Gideon's going for Mando. So there is going to be some, obviously some momentous uh, collision in Mm -hmm. the, in the last few episodes. And so that's going to be something really look look forward to. Especially over this um, kind of nerve-wracking mm-hmm. Thanksgiving holiday, so just just uh, concentrate on Amando, on Baby Yoda, as my 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 five-year-old daughter Agatha. We're watching it, and all she does is she's like, "Baby Yoda, so cute, so cute!" She just screams it the whole time. That's fun. It's fun. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, Jared. Anything else from you? Um, oh, yes. I'm looking at it right here, too, on my screen. Uh, for people who are interested and love listening to soundtracks, last season of The Mandalorian, they released a soundtrack album f- per episode, and they hadn't released any yet this season, and so I was starting to wonder what they were going to do, but they did also this week drop the first collection of the season two soundtrack, uh, and it's out on Spotify and stuff like that. It covers the music for the first four episodes, so that was that was a pretty fun little treat to get on Friday as well, so it's pretty jazzed about that. It's not even Christmas, but it's like Christmas every it day. Pretty much here. is. Yep, every day here in <laughs> Texas. All right, Jared. Well, you have a good week, and I will talk to you after the holiday and after episode thirteen. All right. See you then. All right. 